live, statewide, on the Ref Radio Sports Network. Lobs in zone for Stoops. He caught it. He caught it. Drake Stoops touchdown with Bob Stoops on the sideline. You gotta be kidding me! What a moment! It's the T Row in the morning show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Ball stolen, layup blocked by Shagwan. Get that out of here. Rock the Shagwan. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Law Offices of Rod Polston Tax Resolution line at 405-329-9000. Casey Thompson back to pass under pressure. We got him! Danny Stutzman! It's a sack! Crossover, Cortez pivots in the paint. He'll shoot from there and he got it! He got it! It's the Bichon Show with Norman! Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. In 25 days to the spring game. Just remind y'all, in case any of you forgot, have amnesia. Toby and TJ back with you on a Tuesday morning. Going to be warm and windy today. We got storms late tonight. Should be after the baseball game across the state. Could be some severe weather tonight, so everybody stay weather aware. But should not affect Bedlam baseball tonight. The first of four scheduled matchups this year. Tonight in Tulsa, non-conference edition. And uh, then we'll play in a week and a half in Stillwater at O'Brate Stadium. Three games. Don't know a pitching matchup tonight. If it is Carmichael and Stone TJ, it might be the largest differential in height in two starting pitchers in uh, Bedlam history. We'll have to get Cal on that. But Mitchell Stone is 6'9 for OSU and Braden Carmichael's. About your size, TJ, like five six, something like that. So <laughs> that's maybe uh, maybe they, in his cleats. They should take a pregame picture together at home plate. That'd be pretty fun. But I don't know. Nobody's said who the starting pitchers are yet uh, for this game tonight. We'll let you know. We are going to hear from both dugouts or both radio booths a little bit later in the show. My buddy George Frazier going to join us at the bottom of the hour this hour. He lives up in T-Town. He can walk to the game tonight. And uh, Matt Davis, the color analyst for OSU, will join us in the 8 o'clock hour this morning to educate us up on the Red Hot Cowboys. Maybe I should say the Orange Hot Cowboys, who have won 11 in a row coming into play tonight. You going to the game tonight, TJ, up in Tulsa? I will not be at the game tonight. Interesting. What do you got going on tonight that's more important? Life. Just life in general. Mm-hmm. You got to watch like a crime drama or something like that. You got to kind of work on one of you your got a problem rooms. with crime dramas. I think you have an addiction. Huh. By the way, have you watched the new Amanda Knox documentary yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. I really didn't know. My, I did watch it. I really did not know. I've heard about her forever, but really had never known the story there. I don't know how. Which one is she? I know that name now that you're saying it, but I don't she's know. She's the one in Italy who got accused of murder. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. 
I don't know. I I'm like you. I know the name, and but yeah, I never okay. looked really deep into that story. Well, I almost skipped over it, and I was like, you know what? I don't even know what happens here, honestly. So I decided to start watching it, and then I get hooked. And over the course of a few days, I watch the whole thing. It is fascinating. But uh, I saw that there's a new Britney Spears one out that I think you'll like as well, TJ, called Britney versus Spears. Seems to be right up your alley, too. Yeah, get right a little on. Bit of a, I'll get right on that one. It's a little bit of a crime drama. It's all about her relationship with her father and, you know, all that uh, conservatorship. Is that what it's called or something like that? Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. Let me know whether I should watch that or not. You'll like it. Hey, Arkansas basketball got big news yesterday, too. Anthony Black, a five-star recruit, has uh, committed to them. That is their third five-star recruit to sign or commit a sign. I think he signed the class of 2022. How about that? What's Arkansas doing over there? Woo pig suey. You making accusations? I'm making accusations, yes. Hey, Fayetteville's a lovely town. I'm sure it is. Like, I couldn't imagine playing for that guy, but, you know, to each his own. Don't worry, he's not offering you a scholarship. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I would be going elsewhere. Do you worry that last night's cancellation is going to hurt? No, no, I don't worry about anything. I don't worry about anything like that. No, I, don't. I think you've worried about it more than I have this morning in the hour and eight minutes we've been on. <laughs> Do you worry this could be a long-lasting black mark on his resume? No. For no. college scouts? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Listen, we like the kid. He's a five-tool prospect. He can hit. He can run. He can field. He can pitch. He can catch. He does it all. He's got power. But we think he might be a little soft. YouTube star. I mean, I, I mean, come on. No, I'm not worried about that. There was an opener back in 2022. Where they just didn't show up and play because they didn't feel like they had enough guys. Somebody had the sniffles. I don't know, man. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no. No you concern on my to, part. You need to call up Kyler Murray when the time comes for you know him to be recruited and everything and see if you can get this scrubbed. Huh. He does have a YouTube channel. We may have to scrub that at one point one day. So far, there's nothing on there controversial, I don't think. Do you watch it? Yes. Mm-hmm. You double check that he's not post. Do you have to check before he posts something? Yeah, just- yeah. It's got to. We got to have. He's got to have our permission before he posts something. So, the rant he went on uh, yesterday <laughs> on Chris Rock and Will Smith and the language oh, really? that was used. I said, dude, we can't post this. So, we uh, we booted that one. No, well, because no, he was using. The- oh, okay, got you. You're kidding. It, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> yes. I thought he did have like an entertainment <laughs> side to him. No, e- this is uh, trick shots, bottle flips. Um, they posted one the other day about football stereotypes, which I didn't get any of the stereotypes, but it was just two goofy kids acting crazy. So um, check them out, Trick Shot Titans on YouTube. What kind of like basketball trick shots? They've done frisbee trick shots, uh, basketball, football. Um, they do stuff around the house with like uh, snacks. Like uh, one will be sitting in the chair and like, "Hey, you want some chips?" Yeah, and they'll do some flip thing where you know, I don't know. That's you know, they they're they're trying to be the next dude perfects. You know, they're work in progress. They have yeah. fun with it though. How many how many followers do they have? Um. 
I think like 40 the last time I looked. That's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad for a couple of 11-year-olds. I mean, after this, he'll have at least 42 or 3. Right. What's the name of the YouTube channel? Well, again? Trick Shot Titans, but good luck because there's about 15 Trick Shot Titans on there. But it's the one with Bronx and Cash. If you look at the description, so mm-hmm. yeah, that was Cash. Was he one of them that didn't want to play last night, or was he? Uh, no, he's not a baseball player. He's a he's oh. a soccer kid, so he doesn't play baseball. I have no further questions at this time. Okay, okay. TJ is Baker Mayfield going to find a home? Yes, but not until Cleveland releases him. So it's just going to be a waiting What's process here. Uh, I heard Brady Quinn say this morning that that was a June 1st thing. So another couple of months. So after the spring game. That's what it's sounding like. Yeah. Because 25 days to the spring game. Just <laughs> remind y'all, in case any of you forgot, have amnesia. Why does he say 25 Sorry. like that? Because he said 26 yesterday. Oh, okay, okay. And 25 days till the spring game. <laughs> Just remind y'all, in case any of you forgot, have amnesia. It took you like an hour and a half to catch on to No, that. I meant to ask you earlier. I just, yeah. um, Just trying to update it for him. I don't want to be. I, yeah, it, I think it, Cleveland's in a situation now that no nobody's going to trade for him and give you anything for him when they know you're going to have to release him anyway. I mean, they're not going to keep Baker Mayfield, and the teams know that. So why would I give you anything for him? I'll just wait and make my move once you release him and try to sign him for what's great. What's crazy is I think he's only uh, $18.5 million cap hit this year, and that's really cheap for a quarterback. So if teams are waiting for that, are they looking to get him for even cheaper than that? So I don't know. I think we got to wait till he's released here. He'll find a home. I still say Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's still sounding like an option, and Pittsburgh. Those are the two that are being thrown around the most, so we'll see. I heard Tampa Bay a little bit lately. Yeah, I've heard that, too, that he'd sit behind Brady for a year and then be ready to go next year as the starter, mm-hmm. so possibly. Boy, that's a nightmare situation. Right as there. long as it's not Pittsburgh. I, I don't want to see Baker Mayfield with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't like that at all. He fits that mentality, and the fans there would love him, but I'm just not, obviously not a fan of Pittsburgh at all. So Sit behind who? In Tampa Bay, oh. Tom Brady? No, no, no. I thought you said sit behind somebody in Pittsburgh. I'm no, sorry. no, no. I said he would fit in Pittsburgh. The okay. fans would love him, but I, I don't. I hate yeah, the I Steelers, so I don't want to see him in Pittsburgh. Yeah. No, he wouldn't he sit behind s- anybody in Pittsburgh. He might have success there, but he'd be hard to root for. Yes. Because he's in a Pittsburgh Steelers right, uniform. Right. And you want to be able to root for him. Yes. I, prefer I feel you don't. I, I would prefer to. I feel you. Um, all right. Well, is it going to be awkward if he's – like, is he going to – because he's going to have to have press conferences and everything when he comes home, or at least a press. He's like, he's going to answer questions, you know, when he comes back home for the statue and all that kind of stuff, so – yeah, I mean, I mean, would that be awkward if what you're saying is, you know, I just got to wait till, you know, if they're able to trade me, they trade me, and we'll see where I end up. Otherwise, I've got to wait and see, you know, who wants to talk once they release me. So, I mean, I don't know what else he could say beyond that. So, although I haven't heard much from him in the last couple of weeks, I mean, he's been quiet. So, he'll say something. 
He'll say something more interesting than what you just said. <laughs> well, it's Baker Mayfield, so that's true probably. <laughs> he probably takes some shots at Cleveland. But I'm just saying I don't know how he answers that differently. By the way, uh, Brent announcing yesterday that the statue unveiled will be at halftime on uh, Saturday of the spring game, mm-hmm. which is and 25 days to the spring game. <laughs> just remind you all, in case any of you forgot, have amnesia. Um, so it'll be a halftime thing. My guess is, because you can't, like, unveil it at midfield. Like, it's going to be, like, I think it's they're going to put it on the big screen. I think they're going to have them over where the statue is. Maybe everybody's already thought of this, but me. I'm an idiot. But, and they'll just show the statue unveil on the big screen for everybody in the stadium. And then if you want to go by and see it after the game, you can go by and see it. Right? That's how they're going to do it, right? Not like you can roll the statue out to the middle of the field. Why can't you roll it's it out be there? On its, I guess it would tear be on up its the base. field. It would be pretty heavy. It's got to be on its base, doesn't it? doesn't have to be installed. Or are we just looking at what it looks like and then we'll install it later? Huh, yeah. Um, I was assuming that they would unveil it there at midfield Inside and then the stadium? install it later, yeah. I think, here's my guess. I you don't could know be right. I mean, this. it could just be on, on screen, but then you're just going to have people just packed out there that don't even go into the game. Mm, I mean, There could, would be some people that would leave or come back or whatever, and that's fine. I mean, it's the spring game, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm just guessing. Somebody could tell me if I'm wrong. I'm going to guess that there's a that it's installed that week, and there's a big old tarp over the top of it. And then, so you show up for the game. It's there. It's just a big old tarp. Over. Can it be installed though without it? I mean, you would have to uncover it, installing it. Then everybody would see it, and it would already be out there. You do it in the dark at night. You do it in the dark at night, yes, TJ. Because there's no college kids roaming around with camera phones. Well, how'd they install the other statues? Uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't remember. They didn't magically appear there. Um, did we have halftime ceremonies for those guys? I don't think we ever did, did we? We just did the statue unveils. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. Someone out there remembers. So you're saying roll, go get it out of Choctaw Saturday morning. Go yes. get it out of the, the, the storage. Bring it in on the flatbed trailer. Boop, and boop, at halftime, just drive it onto the field. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you would tear up the field. Maybe it's off on the sideline or something. And then install it later. Yeah. What mm. do I know, though? Yeah, I don't know either. You might be right. I was thinking they would already have it installed. Just unveil it. I mean, that's a giant screen. Have you seen that TV they got in there? You're going to see it better than if you were standing 20 people back next to it. We're getting texts. They wouldn't uh, let something that heavy onto the field. I agree with that. That's why I'm saying I don't know that it would be on the field, but, you know, on the sideline or somewhere. But you're probably right. It's probably going to be installed, and they just unveil it on on the big screen and that's how it's done. I wonder what the installation process is like for that. Like, I wonder if, you, if it's all you just plop it down and bolt it into the ground and maybe it doesn't take. I mean, the base is already purpose. there, isn't it? Haven't somebody already posted a picture of the base being there with this plaque on it? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that. I think I saw that the maybe. other day on Twitter already. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, we got, there's a mystery there. We know it's going to be at halftime. Maybe it'll be, maybe a helicopter will lower it. Maybe that's it, you know? 
Who knows? That'd be cool. That's part of the what reason. What if a helicopter need... just hovered over the stadium with it, the sheet fell off, and everybody sees it, and then it flies and just places it down on its base? I mean, that's the best that's possible the scenario. Thing we could have, Anybody yeah. is listening over there <laughs> in marketing. <laughs> Everybody's wondering, though, it's halftime. Everything goes dark on the screen. Everybody's like looking around, like what's going to happen? Is there going to be a trailer pull in? Are they going to? And then all of a sudden, you hear the in the distance, you hear the, you know, you know, you that helicopter blade sound. It just gets louder and louder and louder. I love it. And then here comes this giant uh, uh, military helicopter. They should let us plan the all these type of things. And it's not you can't even see it. They lower it down gradually, and it doesn't come all the way to the ground. It comes like uh, I don't know, fifty feet in the air, and then <laughs> the drape comes off, and everybody can see the statue. And then they fly it around so you can see it up close. You know, like they fly it around in front of all the stands, so that you can see it up close. <laughs> it's like Garth Brooks flying through the stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the up it goes, and then, and then it goes over and lowers it onto the base. Sounds like That's a plan to me, yeah. 720, we'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by extreme outdoor equipment. Four-wheelers, side-by-sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby exit 104B and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle exit 108. Oh, I'm sorry, you're supposed to bring it out of this break. Go ahead. Hey, Toby, you got a trivia question? Hold on. Trivia Saxon question. Realty Group brings you this hour. There's no trivia there. Eight ninety nine listing fee. That's the answer. 405-361-3380, SaxonRealtyGroup.com. Go ahead. Final pair of tickets to give away to Bedlam Baseball tonight in Tulsa. One Oak Field. Uh, first person in with the correct answer, TJ. I'm going to text it to you right now so you know what the correct answer is, okay? Everybody on the radio, just stand by just a second. got to send something to TJ here. Uh, here's the correct answer, TJ. First person to text you in this answer wins the tickets, okay? All right, I got it. So this is the answer. Uh, d- oh, wait. I what I just it. sent you is the correct answer. Are you sure? I think so. Okay. Uh, Bedlam baseball tonight in Tulsa. Tulsa has been dominated by the Cowboys, TJ, when these two teams meet. What is the last year OU won a Bedlam matchup in Tulsa? The last year. We're looking for a year here. Hey, and make sure you can go to the game. Don't start sending me texts, and then I say, you're the winner, and you're like, oh, I ain't going to the game. I can't make it. That's right. We're looking for a year. The last year OU won the Bedlam matchup in Tulsa. Tulsa. Uh, you could text the show, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. The question makes sense, right, TJ? You understand the question and everything. Yes. And you have the answer, correct? Correct. All right, you let me know when somebody texts in the correct answer. Now, did you have some text you wanted to get to this segment before we get George Frazier on the air? Are we calling George this segment? No, 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 next oh, Okay. Next uh, segment. So let's this see segment, here. did you have some text you wanted to get yeah, to? Yeah, there's some text here. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. If I wanted to hear slurping and burping, I'd flip to the animal from 2 to 8. We don't need Toby eating gumbo to hear that on the radio in this state. Hmm. 
Interesting. Hey, guys, the broth Seems and gumbo. like gu- a direct shot, by the way. <laughs> hey, guys, the broth and gumbo is referred to as the roux. Ooh, yeah, that's wee. right. That's right. It is the roux. What is it, though? What makes it up? I don't know. I can I admit something here? Mm. Never in my life. I've never had gumbo. Never in my life. Jambalaya? Jambalaya I have. There's not a huge difference in them. Jambalaya is like thicker though. It's not really uh Yeah. Yeah. At least that I remember. I don't I don't think I ever have. Uh this one says roll it out on the schooner. Ooh, I, I don't you think talk about yeah, Rumor and Sooner are kind of small. I don't know if they can handle that. I think this thing weighs a ton. Yeah. Like, literally. So, I think you would be putting some massive tire marks in Owen Field if you did that. <laughs> it's a good idea, though. And by the way, smart aleck on the text line, 1883 is not the correct answer, okay? Hmm. <laughs> I could guess a handful of people that probably sent that in. I uh, remember seeing this on the statue, uh, on this, on Sam's statue, Missouri Sooner. Yeah, what does it say? I can't read that. That's too small. He's got something circled on a picture of it. I don't, I don't know what that says. Um, if the statue is in the back of a pickup or a trailer, he probably wouldn't fit in the tunnel coming onto the field. That's a good point. Uh, but on that far side, uh, on the visitor side, it's opened up, though, right? You can get a yeah. car. Well, I don't know if it's high enough would be the question. Yes. I don't know if there's yes. one that's high enough to do that. Yeah. Uh, this one says, I heard Drake will be playing uh, at the statue unveiling. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I've heard they're bringing it out on the back of the schooner, and the ponies will take it around a lap for halftime. That's what I'm hearing, anyway. <laughs> Poor ponies. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Y'all acting like this is JFK's stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, here's a bunch of answers. And mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. There's the first one. Let me click on it You here. got a winner? Uh, we do have a winner. Let me uh, ask them for their name. What What was the answer that you believe was the winner? Uh, 2016 is the correct answer. That's right. Yes. It actually came in the Big 12 tournament in Tulsa. Oh, you beat OSU in the Big 12 tournament in uh, 2016 there, 3-1. to one. Hasn't happened since. They lost to him in uh, 2018 twice in Tulsa, 2019, did not play in 2020, and then last year in 2021. So what is that, as you said? Is that five straight? Let's see, 2016, 2017, they did not play there. 2018, they lost twice, so that's two, 2019, three. So four straight. Four straight wins in Tulsa for OSU. 2016 was the last time OU won in Tulsa. You'll love this. The winner is the one that texted you yesterday and said, Toby, why is the bullpen so bad? (laughs) Yeah, right. Very good. (laughs) Hopefully they'll go tonight and uh, cheer for the bullpen to be better. That'd be great. 7 o'clock tonight, by the way, first pitch. George Frazier will join me for pregame. Well, for the whole broadcast, starting at 6.30 tonight on Sooner Radio. 
A live stream will be on Soonersports.tv as well. It will not be a full production broadcast. It will just be the uh, the camera from the press box. But if you want to watch the action, you can there. And we will chat with my radio partner, Sooner, great, MLB, great, World Series champion, George Frazier, next. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. 7 o'clock tonight, Bedlam Baseball, 6.30 pregame coverage on Sooner Radio, and it will be a treat for you tonight because George Frazier is going to join me for that. And he joins us live now across the state on the Ref Radio Network. Good morning, George. Good morning, Toby. How are we this morning? I'm doing good. How are you today, George? Uh, Snickerdoodle's been out. It's all good. Got a pot of coffee done. Anxiously waiting since 5.30 on your phone call. How's Otis today? Otis is good today. He had his little snack. He gets a peanut butter sandwich in the morning. Like a whole sandwich? Yeah. He cut it in half. He gets peanut butter sandwich in the morning. Huh. Doesn't everybody do that for their dog? (laughs) Maybe so. I hadn't heard of that before, but I'll try it. I'll try it. We'll try it. I mean, kind of adds a little weight to them, but, you know, protein. TJ, George Frazier, a daily listener to the T-Row in the Morning Show, by the way. Yes, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I listen to see what story's coming next. Uh, Also, as we found out on the last broadcast, the guy that finished the Pine Tar game for the New York Yankees. Not that we found Uh that out, but we were reminded of that, so. Well, we had Very something cool. to visit about because the Sooners had made five errors and <laughs> had given up some runs, and so it's called "Let's Kill Some Airspace." <laughs> that's Just exactly kidding. right. No, that's yeah. Good. Uh, all right. Well, we got Bedlam baseball tonight. Give me your twenty-game assessment of the Sooners so far, George. Well, I think whenever they play a complete twenty-seven and outs, they're a pretty good baseball team. Meaning that uh, you know, starter gives you six or seven. They catch the baseball. They swing the bat. Uh, and your bullpen closes out. I think that's the one thing that Skip's still trying to figure out is what the bullpen's going to be. You know, what are, what are we going to do in the back end of the bullpen? Um, I know they've worked with Godman the last week and tweaked a couple of things. They seem to think it's going to be better because he's a guy that could be a very big part of this. Uh, and, and I think, you know, if you get Campbell going, Miller going, uh, I like the kid out of Fed, Bill Allen. He's throwing the ball really well. But again, you got you know you work so hard to have a lead, and I said this the other day on there too. It's there's nothing more depleting than to have a three or four run lead in the seventh and eighth inning, and then your bullpen give it up uh, for a ball club. It's hard to hard to rebound back off of those. When you've got a guy like Cade Horton, who's coming off of of his surgery, and you want to be you know he's got a major league career potentially in front of him. How do you think the approach will be? Uh, entering him into the equation on the mound here? Well, I think you've got to find a low-leverage place for him to let him get his feet wet. I mean, yeah, he's thrown some inner squads. He's thrown bullpens. But it's different when you have, you know, four or 5,000 people in the stands and they're calling you everything except your name and, and you're trying to get the last three outs of a game. Uh, I think he could be a definite closer at the end, a Sheldon Noisy with a bigger arm. I mean, he was up to 97 in high school. Uh, you know, you talk to every pro scout in the area, and they'll tell you if he goes in the draft, it's going to be with his arm, not the bat. And so, 
you know, that I think you kind of bring him back into that equation because it's different throwing a bullpen. It's different when nobody's in the ballpark and you're throwing an inter-squad game against three of your buddies than it is to go out and face Oklahoma State or Texas in the ninth inning with a two-run lead. I mean, it's a whole different adrenaline rush. And that's where you got to be concerned because you don't want to hurt the kid again or have something happen to his arm, even though it's been two years out. Uh, Skip's done the right thing. Those guys, typically Tommy Johns, are 15 months to 18 months coming back out of them. And so you want to make sure it's right before you send them back out there. But I could, I, low leverage, you know, you're up by yeah. six or seven having pitched the ninth inning. Just get, just get the taste of it again. Get your feet wet. Get on the mound. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a real deal now. You got four umpires. And, people in the stands and your team's counting on you to get three outs. It's just kind of the real deal. It all changes for whatever reason. It all changes because of the adrenaline more than anything else. I know we're not going to see Jake Bennett tonight, but we will Friday night and, and you're going to be with me Friday night down in Arlington as well for that game one between OU and Texas. I'm intrigued to hear your opinion on Jake, because I know he's a young man. You worked with some up in Tulsa before he came to OU and, Boy, what a giant step forward it seems like he's taken this year. Not that he hasn't improved since he's been on campus, but he's become a bona fide ace this year. What do you see in, in Jake and his growth, and then what's his future? Like, what potentially could he be draft-wise? Well, you know, I started out with Jake in seventh grade. He was, just, you know, six-foot pudgy kid. Uh, I always give him a hard time whenever he went to area code as a sophomore. By the way, there's nothing wrong with a six foot pudgy kid. All right, I'm just going to say. No, there's not. There's not. I mean, or a six five guy, six five guy that uh, you know has one ab now. That'd be me. (laughs) Uh, But Jake weighed 248 pounds, and now he's 225. He's almost six foot seven. He's left handed. He throws four pitches for strikes. He's competitive. He doesn't like to lose. Uh, you know, you look at him, and he's got that big, happy smile and the baby face, and everything's wonderful. And, but when he gets on the mound, this kid's a pretty tough kid. Um, I think the growth, you know, he's freshman All-American, shortened season, COVID, no season. Then you come back, and he kind of had an up-and-down year last year. You take two starts out, it's probably a pretty good year for Jake. And then all of a sudden this year, he lost six great starts in a row. And that's what everybody on the pro side wanted to see. They wanted to see a consistent Jake uh, one start after the other. Um, uh, if you talk to those guys, they're going to tell you he got great command of his fastball. He showed a plus changeup against Baylor the other day. Uh, they'd like to see the slider get a little more depth to it at the end, but it's going to get there. You know, I had one scout text me and say, you know, they like to do all these comparisons of who this guy is. And one scout said Cole Hamels. Well, that's pretty high praise mm. uh, of a guy. Um, I think Jake right now is probably the back end of the first round sandwich pick for people. Wow. Uh, now, as we get deeper into the season, the start Friday night, there'll be a lot of guys in there to see what he does against Texas. What are they, third-ranked team in the country? Right. They'll, so they they want to see what he does in Stillwater the next weekend on Friday night going head-to-head with Campbell. How's he going to handle the crowd? How's he handle the opposition? What he does, and I think, you know, if you get past these two hurdles and you pitch really well, you may elevate yourself into the middle first round. You know, I know that there's certain clubs that look at him uh, probably as a three, four, five starter at the big league level right now, and and that's pretty high praise for a kid that you know a year ago was 500 with an ERA above five. So uh, I think going to the Cape made him mature a lot. Uh, he went to Cape, which is a you know a terrific summer league program. 
I think that's what helped Cade Cavalli. He went with Team USA. You're playing against the best of the best. Uh, so whenever you do that uh, and you have success, it just gives you more confidence in the ability to throw the ball. I like asking you because I, I know you're connected with the scouts. So you're saying Jake is a potential first-rounder. I think yeah. Peyton is considered a potential first-rounder, correct? And... Well, he kind of, you know, to, let, me, let me say something about Peyton Graham. Mm-hmm. Early on, he struggled a little bit. Then he bounced back. Then he struggled a little bit, and guys are starting to question it. And then after this last weekend uh, and last week, he's thrown the bat terrific. I mean, terrific. And the other thing, Skip played him in center field one day. We know the kid can run. He may end up potentially playing center field for somebody in a big league. So he's but so pot- personal. Potential first-round pick, you think? Uh, I would say first three rounds, uh, okay. definitely. He could get in the if- first three rounds. And, and here's the thing about it. Here's what people, uh, the general public, looks at is that, uh, you know, first three rounds, you think of all the players across America that are eligible for the draft. And you're talking about being one of the first 100 picks in the draft. It's pretty special. No, that's incredible. And then Cade Horton would fall into that category as well if if he comes back and shows that he's the same guy again. Oh, I've had a ton of scouts tell me that Cade Horton would have been in the second round if COVID wouldn't happen. You know, for late first, early second, out of high school. Uh, they loved his arm coming out of high school. Um, you know, and, uh, and, uh, here's the thing about it, and I say this all the time, scouts. They all love you. Now do I want to get married to you? And when it comes time to pay him some money, they all start looking at why I want a divorce. You know, they're all looking, well, he doesn't do this. Well, he doesn't do that. But he really does this well. So you try to, you know, when you go into that scouting meeting and you're sitting down and you start talking about a first rounder, what's the first thing that comes out of an owner's mouth? How long before I see him in the big leagues? Well, we don't know that. You know, that's a tough question to try to answer, but we think in two years or three. I mean, look at Cavalli right now. You know, he was at OU three years ago, and he's in spring training getting people out right now. Uh, so I, it's a tough equation to try to figure out. Does that, like I think of with a Bill Biedenboe on the offensive line, sometimes I feel like because he's produced so many guys that are playing in the starting in the NFL, that a guy coming out of OU on the offensive line gets an extra check by his name because he played for Bill Biedenboe. Does, do you think the same applies? You look at a Cade Cavalli and you look at some of the other guys Skip has worked with. Does a guy like Jake Bennett coming out going, hey, well, this guy's been working with Skip Johnson. And you know what? Back in seventh grade and beyond, George Frazier as well, he gets a little extra boost on our scoreboard. I think so. I think that people look at, at the success he has uh, and why is he having this success and, and what did Skip do, what did George do, what did the other guy do, and you know, I think as a player, you've got to have a really good filter, meaning, you know, when things are going good, everybody claims who they had with you. When everything's going bad, a lot of those people aren't anywhere around. And, and I think you try to have a filter and listen to the right person and what they're telling you to do and how to do things. And I think Jake's done a good job of that. You know, he's done everything to study opponents. He does things. Him and Jimmy Crooks work together great behind the plate. So... You know, when you see this out on the mound and you see it going together, it's kind of fun to watch. And pace and rhythm is a big thing with the game. If you watch Jake Pick, for the get in the box, let's go. Let's play baseball. And and that's another thing that I think has changed. And, 
you know, Skip or me or whoever instilled that into him, control the pace and rhythm of the game, and you're going to win a lot of baseball games. Have you had a chance to watch OSU much this year, George? A little bit, not a whole lot. Uh, they what do you got think a good about ball club? Well, they got a good ball club. I mean, you know, Josh is always going to have a decent club over there, and and I think you know with Rob on the pitching staff, been very successful as a pitching coach. He, he, they're going to be good. Uh, then you kick in Robin Ventura and Matt Holliday as two of your assistants, or you know, that are helping these kids out and helping them to to learn to become a professional. And and I think some of those kids have made that step forward. Uh, Campbell's doing a really nice job on Friday night. Bryce Osmond all of a sudden is kind of showing what he should be. He won on Sunday uh, against Kansas. So, you know, in, in these midweek games, it's tough because of all of the hype for a Big 12 weekend like you had with Baylor. I mean, it's all hands on deck. We got to, we want to win these ball games. And now all of a sudden you turn around one day's rest, no practice yesterday, get on the bus, come to Tulsa and play. Um, and this is where a Carmichael or Ramos or one of those guys step forward, and you kind of see what they can do in this, and then that gives you trust for the weekend on a Friday or Saturday to put them in a ball game coming out, uh, out of the bullpen. So, you know, the midweek games are tough, only, only because, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are tired. You know, you just played three games uh, against high-level competition. And uh, this is a great deal for the fans. And I said this on air with you the other day, Toby. This is great for the state that you travel around and come to Tulsa and play a ball game. You know, I kind of liked the deal, what was it, three or four years ago, one in Norman, one in Stillwater here, and one in Oklahoma City. I think you allowed all the fans to come in and watch the baseball game. Of course, that's all changed now. Last question, we'll let you go. Uh, you've worked a lot with, uh, with Chad McKee. I don't know how many play-by-play guys you worked with in Major League Baseball, but maybe a dozen altogether. Am I the most handsome that you've worked with, George? Well, I think the one thing I like is you, you have a plethora of OU gear that you wear every day. <laughs> and you, you have the ability to change out every day, which, you know, when you get on air, yeah. you do radio a lot. Uh-huh. But but in all honesty, somebody always says to me, like, oh, you're doing radio. I go, look at this face. You think it's made for radio? This is a TV face. Well, Toby, you got a TV face. So, you, should, you know, TV is the wonderful thing. I mean, that's, I, I don't know if TJ wants to agree with us or not, but I mean, that's, you know, you got a TV face. And, and, well, you know, I don't I, know. TJ doesn't know. have to agree. I mean, the market has proven that to be the case. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, here's the thing that I always look when I work with different play-by-play guys, and I've worked with a ton of them, is that staying engaged in a game, um, bringing out what you do with, you know, you and Chad do a great, both of you do a wonderful job of bringing out the stupid stories in me and uh, keeping engaged in a ball game for nine innings when it's 16-7 going to the ninth and you're hoping they're still going to win, you hope all these things going. Um, And, you know, people want to call you a homer. Well, yeah, I work at University of Oklahoma. I'm cheering them on every time. Can't do it, you know. And and I think the thing is, is that what you guys do is the excitement level. You do a radio show from six to nine. Oh boy! The energy, excitement that you guys bring to the booth it makes it fun for me uh, to sit down and do a ball game with you guys. But fun to sit down. There's nothing worse than to sit down with a play-by-play guy. And trust me, I have that wants to be Walter Cronkite and be breaking news the entire game. And you're kind of like, 
what's going on on the field, bud? Let's talk about what's on the field. And I remember, I, and I'm not named, I'm not going to tell you the guy's name, but I did the Barry Bonds' 70th home run game for Fox in, uh, in, in Houston. And this guy walks in and he's got like 1,800 pages of notes. And I looked over and I said, what are you going to do with all those? Well, I'm going to bring him into the game. I said, well, I'm going to hand it to me. And I threw him in the trash can. What are you doing? And I go, Let's, how about we watch the game today and let the game tell the story? And that's what you guys do. You let the game tell the story. Now, you're in a 16-7 game. You're going to talk about my teammate, Babe Ruth, and Honest Wagner and all those guys. Right, right. And, but but the, point, the point is, I'm like, how are you going to jam 1,800 pages of notes that you pulled off the Internet for one telecast? How do you think you're going to get all those in? Because if you're going to get all those in, I'm going to go out in the car and have a heater and drink some coffee and watch, listen to the game on the radio. Because there's no reason for me to be sitting here. Yeah. All right. You know, that, and I'll tell you the other thing that George, I enjoy we got, about. We got, commer- we got to get commercials in on the radio well, show, George. We got four tonight. hours Don't tonight. Don't be late, Don't be late be- tonight. We got three hours and ten minutes. I'll later. be there way before you're there, All right, George. buddy. All right. All right. See you later. The great George Frazier. Did you notice he started cutting out when he was trying to say something nice about me, TJ? What's I, up with that? I had that? nothing to do with that. Did you do that? Oh, uh, maybe. He's trying to say something nice about me, and like, can't he, we can hear it. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. I just started Golly. cutting the signal out. What a great guy. We'll be back. Wake up with Toby Rowland, the T-Row in the morning show. Oh, I can't be troubled with going inside. I got some butt rubbing to do. <laughs> That's <laughs> T-Row and TJ on the home of Sooner fans. Big thanks to Terry Saxon. He brings you this hour of the T-Row in the morning show. Find out about his March special. He'll list your home for free if you're buying and selling a home. 405-361-3380 or saxonrealtygroup.com. This segment's going to be really short because Toby had to be complimented so much right. in that last segment that we ran way over. <laughs> So my apologies. <laughs> Tyler was our winner of the Bedlam tickets for tonight. Not Tyler McComas. Tyler. Different oh. Tyler. So, How long do we have here? Uh, that's it. We're, we're going to break. 20 seconds. Hang on a second. Mm. Six out of ten today. Oh, the nectarine. Like the drop-off. Not, n- not the best. Not the best. Paige Cole, OU Club of Tulsa next.